Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Sarah, while you wrote that paragraph, I just ordered you a Mahjong set for Christmas. Oh, cool. I'll pretend to be surprised. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we talk about buckling down. Our workload is at maximum intensity right now, and we're putting our noses to the grindstone. Then, in Take a Hike, we'll talk about the power and importance of our new obsession session, Mahjong. We'll also answer a mailbag question from someone who's considering a move to Los Angeles. And this week's Hollywood hack is guaranteed to improve your presentations. Yes, but first, Sarah, we have an update. We have been hearing from so many female plastic surgeons. It is so exciting. Yes, and we should remind everyone why all these female plastic surgeons are emailing (laughs) us, not to suggest procedures, although I'm definitely open to that. (laughs) But it's because we are writing a pilot for ABC called Plastics. Yes, and it seems like the premise of our show is definitely on point because Every single woman who is a plastic surgeon who has emailed us said that being a woman in this field is super challenging. Yeah, so our show is about three female plastic surgeons in their mid-30s who are starting a practice together in New York City. And it's kind of about the sexism of the industry and how hard it is to be a woman in a man's field. And what badasses they are. what badasses they are. (laughs) And also because they've spent all this time in school, they're in their mid-30s, but they don't necessarily have a partner or they don't have kids. So they're kind of starting everything, work and personal, in their mid-30s. Yeah, so it's gratifying to know that our show is, you know, so on point and also that we're getting so many amazing uh, potential consultants for yes, the future. many offers. So thank you all. Um, we will be getting in touch. And Liz, another update. In episode 130, we talked about how to focus during Armageddon, which mm. is what L.A. kind of feels like right now. Um, and we asked your sister, Gretchen Rubin, for advice. And one of the things she said was to turn off our notifications. 
life changer. Yes, it was. I had a hard time mentally actually doing it, but you did it first. So that inspired me. So we both turned them off. I turned off phone and iPad and it's made a huge difference. It is so much less distracting. It really is. Like, we are way more focused. Yes. And we are starting to get emails from listeners with more um, kind of digital decluttering uh, apps and things. So keep those coming. We'll do another update in the future. Yes, about how to focus during Armageddon. Even people not in Los Angeles, I think, often feel they're living through Armageddon. True. And then finally, Sarah, before we dive into treadmill desks, I just want to mention that Gretchen and I are doing our last live shows of 2019 this weekend. Tickets are on sale for Charlotte, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. Go to GretchenRubin.com slash events for links to buy tickets. Come see us. It has been a great, great experience. Um, and I'm, we're told it makes a great night out. So come see us. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it is putting our noses to the grindstone. Yes, it is crunch time, and it's going to continue to be crunch time for several months. Yes, at least through the holidays. So this is like a long-haul crunch. It is a fun job, and we enjoy it. Yes. And we always say, or we often say on this podcast, we don't work nights and weekends because it's usually not necessary. However, right now, right now it is. Yeah. So we always say when we when we say we don't work nights and weekends, we always qualify it with <laughs> unless it's really necessary. Right and now, now it, is. it is. And it's also frankly not that fun. Right. It's not that fun right now. Now yeah. is the hard part. Yeah. Now is the grind. Yeah, we've done the creative, like, la, la, yeah. la, think about this, think about that. Now it's just like one foot in front of the other getting through all the tough stuff. And it's the kind of thing that when we're running a show, we have to do it also, but we're doing so many other things that this kind of tough technical stuff where you're just sitting and writing and thinking and writing and thinking and yeah. writing and thinking is only part of the day. Yeah. Now it's like, All of the day, every day. It really takes our stamina. Yeah. One thing I found myself doing, Sarah, is accepting invitations or making plans that I logically know I won't be able to keep. Right. Because I want to do things, and we're always saying, say yes, say yes. And so I say yes, but in the back of my mind, I do the math, and I'm like, there's no way I can go to that event. Right. You know you're going to have to cancel, so then you have the pressure kind of weighing on you of, like, when do you accept that reality and just cancel? Yeah, so moving forward, I really want to try to stop making plans that I know I'll be canceling because of work. Yes, because this is the time. It's We're really getting down to... We can only do our non-negotiables. And by the way, this is a thing that is not just like, you know, TV writers doing pilots. Everyone has these times in their work life when all the things they say about sanity and all the things that they say they're going to do to take care of themselves and, uh, you know, have that sane functional life that we all want kind of fly out the window. Yes. I'm thinking of April for an accountant, for instance. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or like right before a trial for a lawyer or shearing time for a sheep farmer. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, and we're we're in it. We're deep. It's the season of sacrifice we've yeah. talked about before. This is the season of sacrifice. Yes, and within our season of sacrifice, we need to have non-negotiables. Right. A few things that we continue to keep up so that we don't just totally fall apart and yeah. end up at the end of our season of sacrifice in the hospital, as has happened to friends of ours. And me that one time. <laughs> and you once. That's true. <laughs> so what are our non-negotiables? Well, strength code. Yes, that is, is the weight training thing you and I both do. It's just half an hour a week. So the idea is no matter what's going and it's nearby. So yeah. the idea is no matter what's going on, we can get to the strength code and do our workout. Yes. And between, like, we're not doing a great job hiking, although no. now that it's getting cooler, I, I maintain that we could probably do that before we put our noses to the grindstone have, every day. Maybe at least once a week. Yeah. But um, between strength code and the treadmill desk— in our office, we're at least moving and and exercising. Now, you have a bedtime as a non-negotiable. I think you're a lot better about that than I am. Yeah, bedtime for me with Violet is like our real kind of connection time during the day. So that becomes for me a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And I'll miss it, you know, every few weeks if necessary. But like that kind of hour and a half period of getting her to sleep is definitely one of my non-negotiables. Yeah. Whereas I just, I I let that go. Well, Jack Jack's is older, older and he goes to bed later. Like, yeah. it's just a very yeah, different, a different yeah. yeah. My own bedtime also varies. <laughs> and then, Sarah, I think you're also better at this than I am, which is eating good, healthy food. I am really, really, really trying and that is helped by the fact that Violet's nanny, Estella, cooks us a healthy dinner. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, last night, no thanks to me, we had a delicious broccoli spinach soup, mm, which, oh like, you wouldn't know that that's good, but it's delicious. So I know I'm going to get a healthy dinner. And then, you know, we do try and have healthy lunches. We do. Yeah. But my, I fall apart when I get home. <laughs> I see. You're but, like, oh, we do. But we do. But we are really cutting down or completely cutting out, like, our lunches with friends yeah. or dinner with girlfriends or other TV writers, all of that. Yeah, that's out. The one thing that we are continuing, and we're going to talk about this in the Take a Hike segment, is our new Mahjong group. Yes, our monthly Mahjong group. Now, one part of that is it's only once a month. For you, it's twice because you have two groups. But once a month is manageable. So we'll talk about why we're keeping that up in the next segment. Yes. So it's basically just the basics, the basics and work, and that is it. Yeah. And the hardest part is there's no promise of a good outcome. We could do all this for nothing. Yeah. I hope that's not the case. Well, and I think here is where you just, like, we have to have some kind of faith and optimism. Yes. Because without it, this part becomes untenable. So you just have to be like, nope. Nope, you these are getting made. You say, made. hey, th- this is happening, two shows, yay, Woo-hoo. rah, rah, rah. And then we can get punched in the face later. Yes, I look forward <laughs> to that. Onward. Next up, a listener question about the timing of moving to L.A. But first, this break. Hey, 
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our mailbag segment. And this question comes from Sandra. She says, I'm an aspiring writer and director that wants to make the jump to L.A. from Seattle. I would love to hear how much and what kind of scripts, shorts, features, specs, etc., a writer should have before making the jump to L.A. I've written some shorts and two features and am continuing to write, but I still feel underprepared for L.A., I know I'll be starting as a PA, but I want to make sure I have something to show that will validate me as a writer. Ultimately, I'd love to know what you two think are the minimum scripts a writer should have under their belt before considering a move to L.A. to become a writer. Oh, good question. It is. I think it really depends on your situation. Like, how old are you and what are your living expenses? Right. If you're 22 and you're living at home and it's super cheap— Take some time to write some amazing scripts. If you're 40 and like right. it's a different story, get your ass to LA and yeah. get rolling. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing to remember about scripts is quality over quantity. Yeah. Now, you may need to write a lot of scripts to get a good one, but one good script is way better than 10 mediocre scripts. You really want that one great piece of material. Now, Seattle is a very, um, you know, Seattle has a lot going on. So I'm sure she could do writing groups in Seattle or take classes in Seattle. If you're somewhere where that's not available to you, again, depending on your circumstance, it's better to move to L.A. faster so you can surround yourself with people who want to do what you want to do. And I think a critical thing is to honestly assess your writing before you move. And have other people do that as well. Like, there are people, so many people, who think they can write, but they can't actually write. And part of it is just, like, basic understanding of language. Yeah. Grammar, structure, all of those things that, like, we think we get that oftentimes we don't. Yeah. Make sure you have an incredibly good grasp on those things, because that will turn off a reader faster than anything else. Yes. If we read a page of a script and it has badly written sentences um, just in the description, then we just toss it aside. Yeah. So one thing, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is getting those fundamentals down, sort of the English paper fundamentals, let's call it, is key. So it's not just about writing scripts. It's about writing a sentence. Writing a sentence. (laughs) Exactly. 
Start with writing great sentences. <laughs> yes. And then expand to writing great scripts. Yes. And I will say, if I had to, if you know, if someone just said to me, you have to say move or don't move, I mean, I would just say move. Just get here, get in the world, get in the culture, meet people, make friends. You know, why not? Yes. And if I had to say exactly how many scripts I think you should have mm. before you move, it's easy to say one great script. Right. Um, that's the perfect answer. Have one great script in whatever it is you want to do. If you want to be a comedy writer, have a great comedy script. If you want to be a drama writer, have a great drama script. Do you want to do cable? Do you want to do broadcast? Do you want to write features? You have to kind of know the answer to that question. Sometimes that's not possible. So just whatever your one great script is, write that. Mm -hmm. Or I would say, like, two. If you're saying, how many scripts do I want to have printed and in my suitcase or ready Mm -hmm. to email before I go? Two. Two. No one's going to read more than two, so why bother having more than two? But they have to be really good. Yes. Good luck, Sandra. (laughs) See you when you get here. We'll see you at the Grove. (laughs) I never go to the Grove. I'll see you at the Grove. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about physical, mental, or spiritual health. And this week, it's mental health, which we definitely need during this nose-to-the-grindstones time. Yes, and Sarah, the thing that has been preserving our mental health lately is mahjong. Yes. Now, explain to our listeners how this became a part of your and now my life. Well, I've been playing mahjong for over a year and I have been basically bullying you about <laughs> playing for like six months, telling you that you're gonna, you would love mahjong, and I want you in a mahjong group, and on and on and on. And so, and this is American mahjong, I should say, and it has become very popular, I think, because of the movie Crazy Rich Asians, where there's this amazing scene written by Adele Lim. Um, where two of the characters are playing Mahjong, and I think it really captured everyone's imagination. But this has been a very popular game in the United States for decades. Yes. But it's usually associated with older, retired women. And now I think younger women are starting to play. I Which count makes us it, as younger. Absolutely. But it also makes it very, very hard to get a Mahjong teacher. Oh, yes. You can't get a Mahjong. So you and I decided we were going to start a Mahjong group with a, a couple of friends. And we wanted to get a teacher because I'm not that good. And we emailed like seven to ten teachers and nobody was available or they wouldn't come to a private house. Yeah, a lot they of people wouldn't, wouldn't go to the, to the valley. valley. They're like, I'm only in Santa Monica. Yes. A lot of people in Santa Monica are playing Mahjong, apparently. So we're kind of stumbling along um, with cheat sheets and with me <laughs> imparting my knowledge. But anyway, we d- the other night we had a game set up and I texted you and said, should we cancel tonight? Because we are buckling down our noses to the grindstone. We have to We're get this thing no. in. Yeah. And you responded. No, we should do it. We should go. We can't say no to everything. We have to pick like our, I didn't say all of this in the text. Yeah. But <laughs> this is what you were thinking. Yes, that like we have to have something to look forward to. Well, and what, what you said was if we don't do it tonight, we will never do it again. Yeah. And you're right. If we, because we're in this season of sacrifice, it could be six months before we play it again. And why it's useful and why we're sticking to this as opposed to dinner with a friend Mm -hmm. is because the mental activity of it 
is so engaging because it's it's basically you're trying to make these complicated hands. And it's so all-encompassing that it really takes our mind off work. And we need that little relief. Yes, it is. I don't know uh, if how many of our listeners have played Mahjong other than on their iPads, which is a very different experience because I play it on my iPad. Oh, I've never played it. It is iPad. totally different to play it in a group of four people. And it is so complicated and ritualistic. And like the first time we played, there's a, a card that you get. It was like looking at something in another language. I could not decipher <laughs> it at all. And we've played one more time since then. And it's totally different. Just between the first game and the second game, I'm starting to be able to get it. But it is so engaging. It's two hours where we are thinking of nothing but mahjong and and cracks and bams and soap. And dots. Um, and what I why I think it's useful is because we really do hit the wall and reach this maximum burnout point. Yeah. And at that point, your mind just needs to let go. And this is a way to let go. So mm-hmm. we had worked, like when we played the other night, we had worked intensely for like, I don't know, 12 hours or 10 hours. Yeah. I don't know how long. And then because we went and played Mahjong, we actually were the next morning completely refreshed and had a crazily productive day. Yes, and it's not like we both went in sweats. It's not like we got all dudded up and went to our Mahjong group. We we rolled in like, hey, guys, (laughs) here we are. It requires no sort of effort aside from the effort that you put in during those totally engaging hours. Yeah, so I want to know if our listeners have things they do that completely take them out of their worries, their troubles, their work, whatever it may be. What relieves you of that and refreshes you enough that you hang on to it, even in your season of sacrifice? Send us a voice memo or email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Next up, we have a Hollywood hack that will save your voice. But first, this break. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. It's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. If someone asks you if you want a microphone, the answer is always yes. Yes. So, Liz, you were saying this to me the other day. Why did this come up for you? Well, you know, um, Gretchen and I have been touring with our show Happier Hour, and so I've been using microphones a lot lately. (laughs) And I have realized 
that it is not this scary thing. I think a lot of people, like, don't want to use microphones because they feel either, one, nervous because it's like, oh, my God, we're really amplifying my voice, and I don't know how it's going to sound, and this is intimidating— Or they don't want to sort of seem too full of themselves, like, oh, I don't need a microphone. I'll just talk to people, you know, voice to voice. Um, But what I've realized is it's so much better when everyone can hear you. That seems so simple. It does. But don't (laughs) you agree? A hundred percent. This came up at our Happier in Hollywood cocktail party Q&A that we did. Chuck was like, oh, I'll come. I'll do a microphone setup. We're like, no, 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 no. No, that's silly. No, no. that's We don't need microphones. We'll just just talk to everybody. Yeah. If you feel like you don't want to put people out, and Chuck was like, no, 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 we're doing that. Yeah. And, I mean, thank God he did. It really did help. And it helped not only us as the people answering the questions and speaking to the group, like our voices were definitely saved, but it also helped the audience because he had a microphone that was like being moved around in the audience and we could hear questions. Yes. Other people could hear questions. There there was never that moment of like, wait, what did they say? Having to repeat what they said and not quite getting it right because you didn't quite hear it. Everything goes much smoother. Just accept that the microphone is actually a good thing. Yes. And it also, it really does save your voice because I find um, when Gretchen and I do meet and greets, Just because there's a lot of people and you're in a big space often, my voice at the end of it will will be so strained. And so not that I'm going to walk around and meet and greet with a microphone, (laughs) but it's just the thing of like whenever you can do your voice a favor and save it, why not? Yes. Um, And it's just more professional. Like, at the end of the day, we're all wanting to be professionals, and it is more professional to have a microphone and have everyone be able to hear you. So just do it, please, for us. (laughs) And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do the Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Do you know how close I was to Amaj? Were you? Oh, my. I was like, there were like three different things I could have gotten. One, just any of the three, and I would have had a maj. A joker, obviously. Some crack, like a nine crack. That's brutal. It was just, it was devastating. You know, when I get a particularly great maj, I take a photo of it and I text it to my mom because (laughs) she's playing too. Aww. From the Onward Project.